Welcome, everybody, to Mormons on Mushrooms. Uh, just a reminder that this is a storytelling podcast where we discuss alternative methods for healing from trauma and seeking a more fulfilling life. A lot of times on the podcast, we discuss triggering topics, and we ask that you make your personal mental health top priority. Uh, lastly, the opinions offered by our guests don't necessarily reflect the opinions of the hosts. Sit back, buckle up, and enjoy. I mean, what could go wrong? <laughs> you know, what could possibly go wrong from just starting from scratch and having no previous discussion? I'll tell you what I, I'll tell you we, when we decided that we were going to talk today, mm-hmm. I was like, well, what are we going to talk about? I, I, I did, I did think of something like 20 minutes ago that kind of popped up for me. That was like a matrix, like a, we live in a matrix kind of, kind of the situation. Yeah. And it's light and easy and not something silly or stupid. It's Super Bowl stuff. So yesterday was the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. I don't like, listen, a team that I'm cheering for has only been in a professional uh, championship game or series twice in my life. No, three. Three times in my life. You're counting the jazz, right? I'm counting. That, that's why I had to say, yeah, I'm counting the jazz. Well, and then the Seahawks. Lost, and the Seahawks I, twice. So it's four times. Four times. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. In my whole life, right? Uh-huh. I don't give a shit about baseball enough to cheer for anybody. Same with like hockey, golf. You know how people have like a favorite golfer? I'm like, why in the <laughs> fuck do you have a favorite golfer? <laughs> oh, Man, I'm a real, uh, you know, Justin Spieth guy. I'm like, grow up. I've just, not, I haven't been able to get into golf at all. Watching it, I know, I know people love it. I it, listen. Golf has two functions for me. Playing golf is a good chance to get day drunk and be silly out and outdoors. Mm-hmm. Watching golf is a good way to uh, take a nap after church. Like those are the only two uses I have for golf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Play. So you know, yesterday was the Eagles and the Chiefs. I don't care who wins. You know. No, my my Forty ers lost the week before, and so I I wanted the Eagles. I told you I wanted the Eagles, but I can talk about what happened with me during the game. But <laughs> oh yeah, well yeah. Let's 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 talk about. So I'm just mine's a real quick, stupid, easy point, which is I arbitrarily chose the Eagles to cheer for. Uh huh. Because you and I had talked about it, they beat the Forty ers That's Cheer from I got a friend who's an Eagles fan, so I was like, oh, I'll cheer for the Eagles. Dude, if I were to so I do that every year, whether it's an NBA championship or a or a college basketball championship, college football championship, NFL Super Bowl, that kind of thing. It means I more if you team. have something, if there's something yeah. It, I just I just arbitrarily one. choose a team I'm gonna cheer for. Uh-huh. And I'm telling you, Mike. They've never won. The team I'm cheering for never, ever, ever win. Like, like I should be, like I, like people should pay big money to find out the team that I'm cheering for, so they can put their Las Vegas bets on it. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and so maybe I started kind of, I started kind of trip a little bit where I was like, maybe part of the whole matrix thing is that like I cheer for losers. Like I'm a, like I am fundamentally on the losing end of like like achievement and and like the great moment of of victory and stuff like that it's made me think like because i started i started like going back in time and being like oh shit dude yeah never have i been like the team i wanted to win the super bowl won the super bowl <laughs> never <laughs> other than the once that the seahawks won it <laughs> like that's the only time dude that was one i was at that super bowl that's so nuts. Remember that? And now I was so frustrated because I was wanting a really good game. And and it they, was not a good game. They, I mean, no. from the from the opening snap, they killed the Broncos. <laughs> um, interesting because if you think of it from like an existential kink perspective. Right. Like, that's, yes. You, you picked <laughs> up on it exactly. Yes. I mean, your soul just likes that like 
just craves that disappointment of man. Yeah, I get off on it a little bit. You get off on disappointment. You're just a fucking disappointment. How about that? Dude, I just, get horny <laughs> watching something I love or I've just arbitrarily chosen to love, which is a fucking conversation in and of itself, right? Like how do we love? We just choose to love? Is it just a so everything that I love ends up losing. <laughs> like, I, like and I get horny. <laughs> oh man I'm, I'm dying over this <laughs> it's so dumb right it was funny because we texted before and i said i was going to go for the eagles too um and then as when it was like 24 14 and mahomes went down with the injury i was like oh good lord i want a good game and so yeah. So then starting the second half, I'm, I'm just like cheering for the Chiefs just because I want a good game going. And then towards the end, uh, my wife came home like halfway, halfway through. So she's watching it with me and she was just really confused who I was cheering for. Because <laughs> at first I told her I was cheering for the Eagles, but then I was cheering for the Chiefs. And then at one point she's like, oh, aren't you supposed to switch back now? Because n- now the Chiefs were up and I'm like, oh yeah, I should switch back. <laughs> and, so, and, and, then the, and then the Eagles scored and tied it up, scored and got the two point conversion. So you're the opposite of me where you have this like little Midas touch where like, oh, I'm cheering for, I'm cheering for the Eagles. First half Eagles up 10. You're like, well, no, no, no. I'm cheering for a good game. So let's cheer for the Chiefs. Chiefs take an eight point lead. You're like, oh, wait, I got to go. I got to go back and cheer for the Eagles. Eagles tie it up. You probably, when the Eagles tied it up, you were probably like, wouldn't it be cool if Patrick Mahomes led a, a, a last end of the game drive to win this Super Bowl with no time left on the clock? That's probably what you were thinking. Well, but I didn't want to end like that, like in a premature, premature ejaculation that it did. It was kind of like this, like building up to like this epic ending. And then the refs blew that call and was like, oh, wait, no, it's. It's over. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a bummer. Like, yeah. Oh man, this this is welcome to Sports Talk with Doug and Mike. <laughs> but can we talk about before we get off the Super Bowl? Can we talk about Rihanna for a minute, please? Dude. I would. That, that's the doubt to me was the highlight of the Super oh. Bowl. And for me, there was so so much about it. There was something about symbolically seeing a pregnant feminine figure elevated on a platform. Kind of like the divine feminine, like feminine saying, "Like I'm back, bitch." You know, like, it you was so cool. Talking, you are speaking to my soul. We haven't talked about this yet. Please keep going. No, it was this. Um, I felt like the imagery of her whole performance was that, like this. And we, we've talked about this before in the podcast, but for most of my life, I've always felt like fame was something that kind of just happened to you, and then like you know, like a movie star, they they caught their big break. And then now they're famous. And so now that they're famous, everyone treats them differently. Yep. I'm seeing it differently now. I think there are people who are just so close to that archetypal realm in some way that they basically embody an archetype and they, they, they know they, they can channel that archetype. And that's why you also see so many celebrities who get fucked up. They get so close to that archetypal energy they get too close to the sun a little bit, but, but that's channeling through them in a way that you can't just put anyone up there on a platform and have them sing, you know, and, and captivate the world. Captivating. And by the way, she, you know, because of being, I think probably because of being pregnant, I mean, she was doing some of the little moves like, dude, by the way, all those dudes in white, that Corey, yeah. that, that, that choreographed dancing. I know that's like the spectacle and that's every Super Bowl halftime show, but like, the contrast of her just like sort of like looking at the camera and just being like owning, like she was so powerful up there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was all dudes. It was all dudes dressed in white doing all the dancing for her. And she was like kind of just rocking out a little bit. And a couple of times she would get in, in the line and dance with him a little bit. But dude, you're talking about that aura of like Rihanna just owns like she, like, like she shines star. And I, I, I couldn't agree more with you. Like, you know, I would actually add to it. There was that commercial that, you know, all the, all the rock stars were like, stop talking about how the people in your office are a rock star for filling out of Excel spreadsheet or something like that. They ain't no rock star. Can your friends do this? And then they do like, play a guitar, that kind of thing. <laughs> but the thing is, 
rarely does the most like insanely talented just by talent alone does the most insanely talented musician become the rock star or 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 become the the uh, the, the you know the actor and all that kind of thing like it's it's like there's presence there's charisma there's stage yeah. presence there's what they bring to the camera you, you know i'm i'm sure that there's some ugly fat i'm not fat shaming ugly fat white guy named Santa Claus. I'm sp- I'm using a specific type here. There's a there's a guy named Santa Claus who's probably an amazing actor. But he just has no screen presence. Like like he can act circles around like you know Daniel Day-Lewis and and Meryl Streep, like the best of all time actor. Like he's the best actor anybody. Like you could you watch him act and you're going to ball tears of joy and and pain. But he's just got no charm. Like he's just not He's not the guy, you know. There's a there's a presence to it. That presence, just, yeah. That, that, that rock star energy or that 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 stage presence, that screen pops off the screen. Yeah, and knowing how to. I don't know. really think Ryan Reynolds is the greatest actor of all time. What's that? I just said. Do you think Ryan Reynolds is the greatest actor of all time? He's a great actor. He's hell. He's funny. He's funny as hell. But he is probably the most charming person on the planet, right? Yeah, I think he's definitely. What I'm, I find him very charming. <laughs> I've crushed on him enough. Um, but uh, one thing I was going to say, I've been watching this show on uh, HBO. I heard this show, Starstruck. I think it's like a British show. I haven't but heard it, of it. It's this woman who has like a one night stand with the guy, but then finds out he's like the super famous actor. And it's a fun little British kind of comedy. Um, okay. But it's also hard to believe because the the superstar actor that she falls for is doesn't have that presence so it's like you can't just say oh this this person is the most popular movie star in the world and he just doesn't doesn't have it and so i mean they've got good chemistry together and it's it's a fine show but if you if you watch it you'll know what i mean it's just he, he it's not believable and not because he's not famous in real life but because he just doesn't have it. <laughs> Dude. He's ain't got it. <laughs> that is such a, like, so there's this show that there's this movie that came out. I have, I have not seen it, but it's about like Jennifer Lopez being like the most famous musician in the earth on the earth. And Owen Wilson, like somehow they, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what happens. They, they get together. I don't, I don't know what happens. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, at the time when it was coming out, like I had like a friend say this to me. And also I saw it like on goddamn dude being on Twitter for the Mormons on mushrooms account or the flavor country account. Like yeah. I'm re I'm being re-exposed to the, the toxicity that is the fucking social media universe, you know? Yeah. I guess anyway, bad, pe- people were like, you know, um, Oh, I just can't why, like JLo who is like, megastar it's like she would never fall in love with like owen wilson he's like a school teacher you know single dad he's got the owen wilson look and the broken nose and blah 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 and my whole thing has been like yes she would it's fucking owen wilson like like right yeah like it makes sense because he's (laughs) owen wilson you dipshits do you know what i mean yeah you can't just look at the it's 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 so much more than just a physical features type thing it's yeah it's the energy behind it and a couple things with that. And that will tie it into kind of some mushroom trip stuff here. But when I was watching Rihanna, it reminded me of some of those mushroom experiences I've had where the, you, you feel like that archetypal feminine rising on the earth. I think I've talked about it on the, the podcast yeah. before. And one, I, I, one in particular, I remember having just said in my backyard, um, and just felt like this feminine energy, like rising. And you were talking about like the, uh, the men who are dancing there, there were a couple of moments where they were like, almost like trying to hump her or something. Yeah. yeah. And it was like this, like, bring me all your energy. I'm just going to gather it all up. Like, um, I'm rising. And that was just so dope. And then another thing about that presence, one of the things I didn't chat about in our, the Syrian Rue episode, cause I, I focus more on like the dark elements, but I remember texting you the next day after the first night and being like, I'm done chasing 
mm-hmm. why am I chasing? Like, if it comes like, you know, the podcast or chasing for growth or chasing for money or chasing for some, something in my life that I'm, I don't feel like I'm getting. There was such a feeling in that first night of the Syrian room, Mimosa of like, it's all about becoming being even just be. And that presence of being is what is, is that energy almost, I think we're talking about now, like, I don't know if like Rihanna has always had that energy or is as part of like her transformation of becoming the megastar she is, she's deepened into a certain type of presence that just radiates through her. I don't, I don't know, but there is that just, just being that. Yeah, man, that's, I, I, you're, you're touching on something really, I don't know, like really deep inside of me that like, I, I mean, literally I talk about this in therapy, um, where like, like where my therapist is saying to me, as you lean more in, as you become more, as more of like the, like, like basic foundational Doug, like you, emerges, some of the people in your life that have always known you or known you from previous to that, it may cause a stir. It may, it, it's probably causing upset in the relationships because I talk about different relationships that I have like with, with like people, like friends, family, that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, it's not that people are like suddenly – um, don't like you or mad at you about something or whatever. They're just, the more I become Doug, just, just truly me, there's certain people that it makes them feel uncomfortable. And, and, and that mm-hmm. discomfort comes from like, um, a lot of things. It, it, who knows what it, where it comes from? Just maybe like, you know, discombobulated from like the, the dynamic of the relationship changing or, um, just sort of like maybe, um, me being a little bit more comfortable and less, you know, insecure and neurotic or whatever. That's like maybe a security blanket that people have had. And it's like, I don't know if Rihanna has always had it. Probably she's always been pretty close to having it, but she also was able to tap in and emerge as her authentic self. And that, and that true authentic Rihanna is a powerhouse. And we just saw her last night where it was like, damn, dude, I'm getting like the chills watching her just stand here and sing. Like she's, yeah. I don't even, dude, I'm not even that much of a, a Rihanna music fan. I, don't, I mean, I, I like, I like, a, I like a few of her, of her jams, you know, like no, from, record, most like, of the songs she sang, I was like, oh yeah, I didn't re- realize that was her. Or I didn't realize that was her. Or I, I don't even know the song actually. <laughs> I mean, my, my wife and daughters are kind of huge Rihanna fans. So I, I kind of know a lot of her songs, I guess, but I'm also just like, eh, whatever. But watching her live, I was like, holy shit. I, she probably meant it that like, like when she was talking about like when the sun shine will shine together, like talking about mm-hmm. her umbrella. I was like, that song was always just kind of a catchy little ditty to me. But last night when I was watching that, I was like, oh shit, dude, this is actually Rihanna's universe and I am an NPC. <laughs> like That's what right? I was thinking. Yeah. Well, even the umbrella song, I'm going to get a little nerdy with this one. I feel like with the, it's again, with the divine feminine stuff, like maybe I was just a little tuned up, but it was taking me to the spot where it was like, oh, the safety, like being under the, the, the mother or the safety of the feminine, that umbrella, like as she's singing that, I'm like, damn, this is what society could be. If, if we, if uh, us men, if the masculine held space instead of trying to control or limit the feminine, and just having her there in her power and her glory and us basking in the, in the umbrella of it all in that way, you know? Gosh, dude. Like, all, like this, you're right. We are being nerdy right now. Yeah, no, it's, I, I'm getting a little cringy at my nerdiness, but like, I'm, I'm not, like, I'm not, I'm not, dude. Oh, dude. Are you, are you serious? Yeah, I, I, I I'm, yeah, I, no, that's just me. That's self-conscious. That's yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> like, I think it's beautiful nerdiness like that. What you just said about umbrella, like that gave me chills. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, man. She's, it's not just some catchy pop song. That's what I'm mm-hmm. trying. Like, that's the point. I'm trying to make. She's, she's, she's saying shit. Like she is like, 
saying yeah. something. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm changing my tune a little bit here, but like Rihanna is fucking cool. Like that's all, all I'm trying to say is that Rihanna is way cool. And, and then the the added element of her being pregnant to it all just like added that much more to the imagery of and to the power of it all. Not only not only a feminine, not not a feminine that's that we're like looking at for her tits and ass type of deal and shaking that. No, she was fully covered, pregnant. And in her power and, just and captivating the me, world. Just looking at me through the fucking TV screen. And I was like, how does she, how can she even see me? What's going on here? Does Rihanna know me? Does she know that I'm watching? <laughs> well, she definitely furthermore, watching. I mean, it, it was, in, uh, I, there, there's something kind of, I, I think there's something important to this because I, I, based on what I've seen on like Reddit, it's like people are, people are torn. Like some people were like, dude, that was one of the best Super Bowl thing, Super Bowl half times of all time. And there's also people that were like, snooze fest, Rihanna sucks. Like, oh, you know, fuck Rihanna. Like what what a boring halftime show. And I'm like, oh, I'll bet there's not a lot of like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll bet there's not a lot of powerful women who are like, Rihanna sucks. I, 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 I would bet that there's a like – what I'm trying to, I'm not trying to like cater to anybody here and I'm not trying to kiss ass or anything. I'm just saying like, I'll bet there's a lot of like independent and powerful women who are watching that nodding their heads like, yeah, Rihanna's fucking radical. And then there's also mm-hmm. people who are terrified and it's scared and it made yeah. them feel less than. And mostly that would be probably toxic masculinity that were like, oh, fucking Rihanna, I'm here for football and wings and beer, bro. Like that kind of stuff, you know? Well, I felt like it was a big contrast to, man, ever since my daughter made that one comment, and maybe I've shared it on the podcast where like, it was, we were watching a playoff game and she, I was watching it. She was out there and, and the American flag took up the length of the entire football field. Like we're, we're not, we don't just sing a simple national anthem anymore. They sing like five, like yesterday they sing like five songs to America. They did some tribute Fox did to like, uh, where they're quoting, I forgot who they're quoting, but they had this whole montage of America. They have the jets flying over. You got the huge American flag. And my daughter was like, wow, we're pretty dramatic in America, aren't we? That's <laughs> <laughs> so true, dude. And so Everything that, is, yeah. Yeah. It's just drama. And, and what, you know, it's like, what, what, uh, what is that spectacle like compensating for? I mean, it's a real deal. Like the, what, what do you, what are we compensating oh. for with all that? Dude, like the anthem, the national anthem, like actually I, I I have to admit, I liked the music leading up to, um, I know that people are like, Oh, how many, you know, how many songs do we need to sing? I, I kind of enjoyed them all. I, I even, I really enjoyed the national anthem, the Chris Stapleton version, mm-hmm. which normally I'm not like, I don't know how to say this. Like sometimes the national, I mean, the national anthem is a war anthem. Like, it's like the bombs are bursting in air and, <laughs> we're shooting through the night and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, and so sometimes it's like a little much, like it's not my jazz. It's yeah. not my jam, you know? Um, but I, just, other, I like the national anthem. It's totally fine. I'm American Patriot, but it's just like, no one was putting the national anthem on their Spotify playlist and being like, dude, I just love this national anthem. Like, <laughs> like I can really bop my head when he gets into like, when the, when the, the rockets are red glare. <laughs> but yeah, so I, really I enjoyed like it that- all. The halftime show just had a different energy to it. It had more of a feminine energy or something. And I don't know. I just, I loved it. But when we were talking about kind of stepping into ourselves, it reminded me of something. So I've been reading Greek mythology recently and the, uh, the story of Artemis. Are you familiar with Artemis? Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. So, you know, Artemis, you could call her, I think they would call her like a Corey type archetype, which would be an archetype that, you have like the mother maiden crone thing. So it's a maiden type archetype, but different from a daughter because the thing about Artemis is she's whole into herself. So it's like representing this period that uh, not only women, but psychologically we humans should be developing usually around like our adolescence where we're not really interested in 
uh, the opposite sex or the same sex, or we're not really interested in relationships. We're interested in us and being whole unto ourselves and not having any, uh, not needing someone else to, to feel whole. And that comes across that she's a virginal goddess and like even protects it to great lengths. I think there's like some myth of hunters coming and seeing her bathing naked in a pool. And then she comes out and turns the, I forgot who the guy was, but turns him into a, a stag. And then he goes and gets like devoured by his, the, the dogs that, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of who, dogs. That, who that was. It wasn't, um, yeah, sorry. Mine's blank. Yeah. I don't remember either, but anyway, we can look it up. But, um, but that, that virginal aspect's important because I think there's a place inside of us that only we should be able to penetrate. No one, no one's penetrating that spot, but me. So th- there's a spot within me where I am whole unto myself and that creates those boundaries and the, or just, just the sense of self and that maybe that presence and that, um, yeah, the presence we're talking about. And it's something that in our Western society and especially in Mormonism, we never got to do. I mean, you think about when you turn 12, that age when you're supposed to be going through this, like in, in ancient Greece, they would have rituals where the, the young women would like act, act as wild bears and just be, mm-hmm. just be wild. Um, and instead are like, think of the young women's program where immediately they're taught about that their relationship for their whole life is going to be in relation to some sort of man or some, some sort of other, they're, they're going to grow up and be a wife and a mother and that's their role in society. And so they don't get that you are whole into yourself period. Wow. And then even, you know, as men, we don't get it either. I mean, we, we're given that authority of the priesthood, but we're also taught that we will be in service to this organization. And by the way, that the whole thing about like having a space within you that no one could penetrate. I think I've shared this story on the podcast before, but I remember one of my earliest memories. I remember asking my mom the question. I must've only been like four or five years old. Asking her the question, can God read my thoughts? Hmm. And she said, yes, of course he can. And so now, now my thoughts aren't even my own. There's no place I can go that someone's not peeking or someone's not spying or someone's not, God has penetrated every aspect. Like he's penetrated that virginal space at that moment. I don't have a space that's just me and just, just mine. Dude, the... Yeah, because I mean, you know, she has to answer that God can hear your thoughts because, like, a lot of times you'll say a silent prayer, right? You you, you mm-hmm. pray. Yeah. I mean, geez, man, when I was like uh, up until I left the church, most of, most of the praying that I did was in my head. You know, I just sit, just kneel, kneel down quietly, and and fake cry about beating off. Like, yeah, do you know right. what I mean? Uh huh. But like, even 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 my prayers. Oh man, like self-delusion and not being able to trust your own self. I mean, like, like the thing that you're talking about, having having your own privacy inside your own fucking head. Like that's a that's a trip a little bit because like then there's that there's that self-doubt and shame that comes from even kind of knowing that you're full of shit while you're trying to like like you're trying to hide in, in, into little caverns of your own brain while you're thinking your prayer, while you're thinking out loud to God, you're also trying to hide the little box in the back, turn it off, you know, in the, in the back yeah. of your head that you're like, I know I'm going to look at porn and jerk off again. I know I'm going to do it. Yeah. I know I'm going to say swear words again. I know I'm going to lie to my mom and dad again, but I'm, but in the front part of my brain that I didn't know was a you know, as a kid, I don't know this stuff, but I'm like, oh, but Heavenly Father, please, I'm really sorry about that, and I really want to do better, and please help me to do help me to do better. Like I'm begging God in my own mind to help me, like, not have the thoughts that go through my mind. Oh, do a primary song when you get horny," said Boyd K. Packer. Yeah, just sing yourself a little primary song whenever you get horny. Okay, well, now I get horny every time I hear that primary song. <laughs> like, like Pavlov works both ways, dipshit, you know? Well, and the, just the fact that, like, I couldn't have a thought that, like, I was I was worried that I would think, I would think some, you know, how thoughts work, that, you know, the, the whole question of, like, 
do we really have thoughts or do thoughts have us? Because they just, there's a part of us or something that's always brainstorming, always channeling something. So some of the thoughts we have are horrible. They're monstrous. They're awful. Of course. And that's okay. (laughs) And it's okay to have that and have that space where it's like, I, I am going to allow myself to feel and to think whatever crazy shit, because it's just mine. It's just mine. I don't have to share that with anyone. And, and there's something about, you know, we talk about as ex Mormons, how we lack boundaries and part of it is because I don't even know if we even know we have a space that we need to set our boundary around. Like we don't have that like virginal forest within us that like this Artemis figure can just live in. And no one, no one, no one's come to touch her. Man, this is, this is like kind of making my mind wander a little bit, Mike, this, this point, because how do I say this? So, so me and a, a real good friend of mine who, you know, really well, um, he and I do this thing where we, we try to make the other one feel uncomfortable. Like, so we try to say the, like the most vulgar things that we can come up with mm-hmm. to each other. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, I like this. <laughs> like we'll, we'll be, you know, we'll drive somewhere and we'll be like, dude, let's try to say the worst thing that has ever been said. Even admitting this out loud to, to to people listening to this podcast, they're probably going through a list of it has nothing to do with like it has nothing to do with the words that I'm willing to, to that we're, that we say because we we avoid the big ones, you know, we avoid mm-hmm. the ones that are offensive to people, but we do not avoid the topics that are offensive to people, and we try to find funny and stupid ways, like offensive ways, to say that stuff without using like you know the big. The, the the big words that, 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 you know, that everybody, but, but even I'm starting to rethink, cause we do that just for a laugh. We do it to, to try to make the other one feel uncomfortable and we laugh about it, you know, <laughs> but now I'm starting to think that like, there's probably like a, that's, that's kind of like a pretty asinine, healthy rebellion yeah. against thought crime, mm-hmm. against, against the concept of my I'm never safe. I'm I'm never safe from God or man's judgment because even a thought that runs through my head about like, you know, about, I'm not, I'm not even willing to say anything on the podcast. I'm not willing for it to be recorded. Do you know what I'm saying? I know what you mean. Yeah. But just like. Well, the fact that it is recorded makes it not feel quite as safe. It's not. Well, and, 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 and nor should it, nor should it be that there are, Mm. there are levels to this this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, how could, when we're in that space where it's like, okay, let, let those thoughts, like try say them out loud and try to say the most offensive shit you can come up with. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's no action that comes from that. Of course, there's no change of belief or, 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 you know, impact on like behavior that comes from that. But the very nature of that, we both feel like while we're doing it, we're like, holy shit, I can't believe you just said that. And it's like, why? Why? Yeah. You know? It, it sounds therapeutic, man. It sounds like. Like you and I can do it next time we're hanging out in person. I'll only do that thing in person, man. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it'd be good for me, actually, because it's like this thing of. Um, have you ever heard the uh, the notion of an artist date? No, I think it's from the book. Um, oh, there's some book that it's from the artist's way maybe, or something like that. Basically okay. it's like, it's speaking about cultivating now in hindsight, I'm thinking of it, it just popped into my head, but thinking of it's, it's about cultivating that space within you. That's only yours. And so it's like, go an artist date is just you. And it's just you going to a museum or going hiking or doing art or just like taking time to feel that center of you that only you can touch. Hmm. And the reason why I bring it up is because I mean, one, it ties into the topic, but but two, it's like, I think there's, for me, I I just, it came to my mind when I was talking about this uh, game you guys are playing. Yeah. And how the first time I do it, I'm going to be so bad at it 
Cause like I have, it's, it's like, I have so many internal defenses probably that are going to be like blocking that. Totally dude. Flow. Totally. Same thing when I was like, Oh, I'm going to do an artist state. And so it's like, cause you know, we talk about like things not being yours when you're Mormon, you know, you, you're, you go through your teenage years, uh, devoted to the church. You go on a mission. You always have a companion. You're always doing stuff for the church. You come home, college, marriage at a young age. And then now it's like, now, now, now you're codependent with someone, right? There's, there's not a space for you. And so when I allowed myself first time, this was a few years ago to have like this artist date, it's like, okay, I've got a Saturday. It was like five hours where it's like, I can do whatever the fuck I want. And I did not know what I wanted to do. That those first few artist dates was me just dealing with the mix of emotions and like, oh, do I really want to do this? Oh, this and this and this. And pretty soon, like the five hours was gone, and I don't even think I really did anything. <laughs> but it, it was important for me to go through that process of like of that mess because I think those are the blocks that are keeping me from like replenishing that spot that, that within me. It's, dude, you're you're kind of dead on. So it's, you're making me think of a thing that one of our very first episodes. If you'll if you'll kind of think back, we talked about a a thing that my therapist uh, worked with me on, which was like a, you know, an anger release thing. Yeah, where I would go to like the DI and buy a bunch of like oh yeah twenty five cent plates and and cups and glasses and stuff like that. And then take like a baseball bat or a, a golf club or a hammer and just go somewhere that was like me by myself. I, I, I always go to this uh, like half torn down building near me, like like old, you know, like one of these old warehouse type of thing. And I would just be, I would just like go ape shit on that stuff. Yeah. Just uh-huh. destruction, like full blown destroy mode, you know? Now, there's a lot to that. Like it would be inappropriate for me to do that, like to walk into a store and do that or to walk into somebody's home and do that or to do that to a person, right? That would be awful. Like that, that the concept is that release of anger in a violent way is terrible. But in a controlled setting where you're doing it to release some of the blocks, to, to release some of the things that have been pent up and built up to the point where I've thought about opening a business that does that. Like I've, I've thought about opening up a business where you pay for like, you know, 15 minutes and you go into like these different themed rooms and you just yeah. go ham on, like you just go ape shit. Yeah. I've never done it because I don't think the business is a good business idea. I don't think it's sustainable. I don't think it would make money, but there, there's a business idea. Anybody out there wants to try to do it. There, there you go. But like, it's the same thing, but with like some of these other types of thoughts or things that we say or things that we are allowed to even, you know, think, you know? So I don't yeah. know, man. I don't know where we're going. We've gotten ourselves into some kind of pickle right here. But I don't know if we do, but because I think that I think that releasing yourself from the sort of like self-imposed captivity of thought crime mm-hmm. is easier said than done and is also like crucial. Like a thing that people, I think that I need to continue doing it. I think everybody needs to do it. Well, I like how you even said the captivity. Is that what you said? The captivity of thought Self-imposed crime? captivity. Yeah, self-imposed That was a pretty good, that was a pretty good uh, stringing together of words right there. Yeah. Well, it's spot on because I think it is that captive. Because while those are, you know, you're talking about that anger while it's sitting in there, it is keeping you captive. Um, you know, getting that out is it's just... I don't know. I, I, I've thought about it in terms of, you know, uh, my wife and I were chatting last week and what were you chatting about? Just like stuff, like almost kind of like people choosing their own adventures and in, in type of a way or even subconsciously doing it, you know? Um, and, but you kind of get in the spot that it's like, well, then is every adventure, is it kind of this thing where it's like, it doesn't matter what someone's choosing. It's that's what they want to experience. And we should not judge that kind of deal. Hmm. And I'm like, but no, I do think there's an element of, there are choices that lead to more freedom and some that, you know, limit you more. And so 
I don't know if it's this thing of like anything goes, but there is a, like a, I don't know. I feel like I'm taking us in a different direction there. But (laughs) the reason why I'm bringing it up is the fact of this captivity thing. I think a lot of like the, the, we put ourselves in containers sometimes to feel safe, but we build our own cages. And sometimes those cages can be a cushy job, a beautiful home that now it's like, how could I ever leave this beautiful home? Or how could I leave this job that pays me so much? Or, um, or even worse cages of like, um, I am a single parent, um, working two jobs and have to take care of, you know, I have kids with special needs. And now it's like a whole other type of, uh, container, right. In a prison. Totally true, man. And so I think we look at it in this ways of like, we are all, we all limit ourselves in some way and how I think going there and breaking some plates or establishing a place within us too, where it's like, I have a place where I can go where I am free in this space and no one can touch it uh, is I think that they're, they're powerful steps in helping us create more freedom in our lives. Gosh, let's say, I feel like, Dude, I feel uncomfortable with this conversation. Yeah. Do you? We, we, which way? I was, I was feeling okay. <laughs> oh, you are? Well, I guess I'm feeling a little bit. The reason I say but, that is because I don't want I don't want some idiot to hear what we're saying uh-huh. and be like, oh, yeah, totally. That gives me justification for saying awful things about like, a person or persons or groups or, or, or that type of thing. That, that's what, that's, that's what I, that's what's in, happening in my yeah, head. Yeah, right but now. I don't I'm, feel like that. Okay. I wasn't feeling that cause I, I don't think that's not what you were saying at all. Well, that's I certainly not what yeah. I'm saying, but suddenly I'm sitting here thinking about like, uh, you know, like, like Kanye type of stuff, you know, how Kanye mm-hmm. is like being anti-Semitic lately and saying all this stuff. Like I'm, I'm, I'm so opposed to that kind of stuff. I, I and I'm, and I, so that's what's making me feel uncomfortable is that mm. I don't want I don't want someone who listens to this to hear what we're talking about and be like, oh yeah, this gives me what they're what they're saying is makes sense. And so therefore I'm gonna go say all the things I want to say about like the Jews. No, man. That, opposite actually. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's the opposite thing. So I don't know. Maybe I've maybe I've walked us into a corner that we can not get out. You want to talk no, about? That, but I'm glad you clarified that. I don't think people will have that issue. Um, but if they do, I was glad to clarify it because yeah. If well, by no. the way, if you do have that issue and you're listening to this and you want to go out and like marginalize groups of people and like like ban a Harry Potter novel or or yell at a, 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 a someone who's transitioning, please stop listening to our podcast and and. <laughs> and go away. Right. Like yeah. if, if, if someone who's listening to this is like, Oh yeah, totally. That's why I'm going to go, you know, hate the Dutch or, you know, whatever, like fuck off. We don't want you around. You suck. Oh, and don't yes, I'm started. speaking directly to you. If you think I'm talking to you, like the person who thinks I might be talking to them. Yes, I am talking to you because <laughs> everyone else who doesn't think I'm talking to them is like, well, yeah, who like, yeah, there's a terrible person out there that that's that's thinking these things but there's one person that's like is he talking to me yes i am talking to you (laughs) fuck off but don't get me started on the fucking dutch man i don't know (laughs) my god man the dutch try again um you know i think because it's like the most like I, I I can't think is there something bad do any does anybody have like an anti-dutch campaign going on no, I think I think stereotypically they're the nicest people in the world. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Like that's why I chose people. the Dutch because it was like, oh well, I mean, nobody hates the Dutch, right? Yeah. Other than other than the hundreds of millions of people that Dutch colonists, you know, four hundred years ago. You know, oh my God! Now I'm down this path. <laughs> We've kind of gone all over my the place. My are good. I swear to God. There is one more thing about this uh, place within that came up. Um, it's why I love Kundalini yoga so much and doing like a ritual in the morning. 
because there is an element of like, you know, you do the breath works and kriyas and whatever, but some sort of ritual in the morning where I get to feel into my own center and my own energy before I go and mix with other people. Um, nice. Where it's like, I know what it feels like to be Mike. I, I know what that feeling is. And I don't know. I think there's that deepening into presence that, you know, I guess ties us back to the beginning with the Rihanna thing, but like, and I think, and we've hit on this theme a lot lately, but maybe it's because it's coming up for both of us is part of the feeling into that center is going to feel selfish. And that is okay. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I mean, and even the term selfish is that, I mean, as selfish makes me think a certain thing that makes me like my, my defenses went up, even mm. hearing the word selfish, my defenses go up. Oh, I don't want to be selfish. Yeah. I was working with this woman and maybe I've shared this on the podcast before, but it ties into this episode. So I'm going to share it again. As a woman who is like, uh, helping with like voice exercises and stuff. And, you know, through the zoom screen, she could see me and she was like, okay, I want you to pretend that there is a bubble around you that only you are inside. I want you to put, put your kids outside of that bubble, your wife, like it's going to be hard, but anyone else? No, this is just your bubble. Hmm. And she'd watch, she watched me and I was breathing in and she's like, okay, now breathe into the back of your body. And as soon as I did that, it felt, I don't know, there was a feeling of selfishness that came with it. Really? Kind of like, yeah. And she's like, all of a sudden she's like, okay, there you, you've gotten there now. Like she could somehow see with my energy of reading my body language that I wasn't quite there. And then when I le- breathed into the back of my body, it was like this. And it felt that selfishness of like, hey, I'm excluding everyone here. Is that okay? Is that okay? Can I do that? Can I, you know, can I just really feel my own right here? Which is ridiculous to even think about. Of course you fucking can. Yeah. Felt that. And she's like, oh. Now we're there. We got there. Man, that's so interesting to me. Also, by the way, side note, interesting that she can see that through uh, Zoom or whatever. Well, man, I'm telling you, there's some people here with the powers that like, people have special powers in this world. (laughs) People do have superpowers, dude. I honestly like, I have to say something real quick, Mike. Please. My internal like real-time censoring mechanism Mm-hmm. is like going nuts. Like my, my, because I was, I said that thing about the Dutch. I think that yeah. there are a lot of people that actually do hate the Dutch because of their horrible history of enslaving people. Like you think yeah. about like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm I, taking back what I said about there's nobody out there that dislikes the Dutch and the Dutch are easy to pick on because everybody, they're nobody, you know, no. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> Now I'm saying like people who are like from the planet Venus now, because Venus is associated with uh, Aphrodite and yeah. Yeah. So people are, that are from the planet, uh, Uranus Tylenol. Okay. (laughs) There's not a planet called Tylenol. I made it up. They're the fucking worst, man. Like, they are the worst, man. Fuck those Tylonians. <laughs> Tylonians. <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. I'm trying so hard to be like uh, everything to everybody that I'm like, I'm like. Yeah, fuck it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm censoring myself mid as we go. I, so anyway, fuck the Tylonians. That's why I meant when I say everybody hates the Tylonians. They fucking suck. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so. Is I'm just going to change the subject because I feel oh, yeah, like the subject. Yeah. Okay. So also during the Super Bowl, there was that commercial for the, like, I don't know what the commercial was for actually about the dog who got a new dog friend, like at the house, like they showed the dog. Oh yeah. Spent all the time. But the song that was playing in the background mm-hmm. was the Maid Marian song from Robin Hood when they're like wandering through the forest, falling in love. And it's like, you know, all the little like glowy things are dropping on them and yeah. puts a little flower on her finger. Love goes on and on and on. Yeah. And it was kind of like this. uh, It it was actually two of my favorite things. It was that song, which kind of gave me the nostalgia of 
like I think that that movie, I think that Robin Hood movie probably is responsible for the like furries that exist in the world, like people who like to dress up like animals and have sex. I I I think that that's that movie probably. I'm I'm with you on that because like you know, Maid Marian was a fucking fox, dude, and I don't mean, and I do not mean that literally, figurative fox. Like, <laughs> And then, but, but the other thing is like that version on that commercial was like this sort of like jazzy little, like bossa nova, like, like, like Brazilian bossa nova sound to it, you know, it sounded so good, which I've always wanted to be, I've always wanted, first of all, I love that Robin Hood. So it's combining two things that I love. I love the Robin Hood movie and I have always wanted to be a dude from the sixties falling in love in like a bossa nova club. You know, uh-huh. like in dancing and like having like a whole experience. Like I've always wanted to be that guy. And it combined those, that song combined those two things. So I really love that commercial. Sorry that I don't know what the commercial was for. What was it for? I just remember it was dogs and, um, I, mean, I really I can't just, think. Oh, do you know, I, I, wow. Do you know what? I do know what it was for. Huh. Well, shit. I think it's an Amazon commercial. Cause remember they, they ordered a, oh, they, ordered they a did. Crate. It was, they ordered like a, uh, kennel or whatever. For the I remember even commenting that like it showed that smile at the end. I'm like, Oh fucking Amazon. Oh, like, Oh man. I, oh, I'm shit. crying over an Amazon commercial. <laughs> well, and as you all know, Amazon is one of our main sponsors of the podcast. So thank you to the good people at Amazon. Um, gosh, good work. Good, good work out there. Amazon. And Thanks for all. Check the- out. We'll include a link in our show notes. that gets you 20% off your next <laughs> Amazon purchase. <laughs> Um, no matter what it is. <laughs> I don't expect anybody to remember this, but uh, we'll put the link in the show notes. Their website is www.amazon. That's A-M-A-Z-O-N.com. Cute little website. Check it out. Amazon. 